Among the many mitzvot found in Parashat Kitetse is the mitzvah of borrowing money or lending money with ribit, interest. There's a negative commandment in the Torah. One explanation is that the purpose of this mitzvah is to protect the borrower. Rashi writes that ribit is like a snake bite. That is why it's called neshech, a bite. A snake bites and makes a small wound on the foot. One doesn't feel anything. Then suddenly the poison travels up to the head. Ribit is similar. A person doesn't realize what's happening and eventually the ribit devours all of his money. Sefer Chinuch elaborates on this idea. Hashem, that Hashem desires the successful living of the nation whom He chose. And therefore He commanded that we remove the obstacle from their way so that a person shouldn't swallow up the wealth of another person without him realizing it. Until his house is empty from all good. That's what the nature of Ribit is. And that's why it's called Neshech, like the bite of the snake. Kliyachar offers another explanation for the prohibition of borrowing and lending with interest. He explains that it's to help the lender retain his emunah and bitachon. He explains that lending money with interest is a parnasa, which can cause the lender to forget to place his trust in Hashem. And he writes, I quote, In all other businesses, a person raises his eyes to God because he isn't certain whether or not he'll earn or lose money. When one lends money and charges interest, his income then is guaranteed. He isn't concerned that he may lose the money. He lends since he doesn't lend money without collateral. Lending money with interest prevents him from developing bitachon. As it is known, those who lend money with ribit are usually stingy people who don't give much tzedakah. End quote. Amazing story of the Megale Amukot Zecher Tzadik Livracha who let the people of his hometown in Krakow know that he no longer wanted to be their rabbi. But he didn't tell them the reason for his decision. And despite many people asking him and pleading with him to change his mind and stay with them, he remained firm in his decision. With a heavy heart, the community prepared a Saudat Preda, goodbye party for the Megala Mukot. At the celebration, he announced that he will continue serving as the rabbi of Krakow. The community was shocked, but at the same time, they were overjoyed. Now they wanted to know, A, why he initially wanted to leave, and B, what was the cause, what was the cause of the change of heart to now remain with his kehila? Look what he said. I still won't tell you why I wanted to leave, but I will tell you why I decided to stay. He said, a very unusual Dean Torah came to me. He was a wealthy person, who saw a poor person selling bread and bagels on the sidewalk, and he said to him, Listen, I recognize you from years back. You are a great Tamit Chacham. It isn't befitting for you to sell bread on the sidewalk. I'll tell you what. I'm going to give you as much money as you need to live each month so that you can sit and learn Torah all day in the Bet Midrash. So the poor man agreed to the generous offer, and he was thrilled. Some time passed. And now the wealthy person found the pauper on the street selling ba- bagels and bread again. He looked at him and said, we have an agreement. Why are you here? Why are you selling bagels and bread on the street? You're supposed to be learning in the Bet Midrash. The poor man answered that he and his wife decided to go back to their previous lifestyle 
earning their living by selling bread on the street corners. But why? Isn't it better to earn your parnasa easily so that you can learn Torah? And besides, you can't back down from an agreement without my consent. He said, we had an agreement. A deal is a deal. So they decided to take the case to the Megale Amukot. The Megale Amukot asked the poor person, I don't understand. You have an agreement. Why don't you agree to the arrangement? Look what he replied. Before I received this generous stipend, my wife and I would wake up in the morning and immediately turn to Hashem, pleading that He help us earn a Parnassah. When we ground the wheat kernels, we prayed that the bread would be white and clean. When we kneaded the dough, we prayed that it should rise well. We also prayed that I should find dry logs to heat the oven. As we know, fresh wood smokes and ruins the bread. We prayed that the bread should bake well, that people should buy from us, and they should be satisfied with their purchases so that they will buy from us again. When things went the way we wished, we praised Hashem for His kindness. From the beginning of the day until the end, we were constantly communicating and connecting to God. But all of this stopped abruptly when we began receiving a monthly stipend. We weren't turning to God anymore because we knew that we will have everything we need. So my wife and I decided we don't want to live that way. We prefer going back to our old lifestyle because then Hashem will always be on our mind and in our prayers. The Megalam said to the community, after that Dean Torah, I decided that I wanted to remain here in this city to be among such Jews. Rabotai, you can't succeed without Hashem. Chafetz Chaim was saying goodbye to his friends and students as he was about to travel to Eretz Israel. He told them about his upcoming departure in his weekly derashah in the Bet Midrash. And after his derashah, one person came over to him and said, Rebbe, why didn't you say Bezrat Hashem? Truth is, it was an oversight. Chafetz Chaim had forgotten to say Bezrat Hashem. And soon afterward, Chafetz Chaim's wife became sick and he couldn't travel to Eretz Israel. And he realized, can't succeed without Hashem's aid. In general, Chafetz Chaim remembered that he couldn't do anything without Hashem's help. And he taught this lesson to his students. And one of his students was Reb Eliyah, Zecher Tzadik Livracha. A wealthy person once said to Reb Eliyah, I'm certain that I'm always going to be wealthy. Why are you so certain? Reb Eliyah asked him. Things change, businesses collapse, it happens all the time. So a wealthy man conceded and said, that's true. However, my money isn't invested in just one business. I have many businesses. Even if one or two of my businesses fail, many others can prosper. And that's why I'm certain I'll always be wealthy. Don't say that. There are no guarantees, Rabbi Yah said. Chazal tell us that Parnassah is like a wheel. Sometimes one goes up, sometimes one goes down. And the wealthy man laughed. He was confident that his success will be forever. Abelia met with that wealthy person years later, but by then he wasn't really wealthy anymore. You were right. What happened? Rebelia asked. The man replied, You know, in the good old days I owned a bridge. I took a toll from everyone who crossed it, and that was one of my sources of income. And once a brigade from the enemy army was crossing the bridge with their cavalry and heavy equipment, the bridge collapsed. Soldiers drowned in the river below, and there was a great loss of money too. I knew that I had to escape. I rushed home, grabbed my financial documents so that I would still possess proof of my wealth and assets, and I quickly crossed the border. 
Soon I realized that I took the wrong documents. Everything was left behind, and I've been poor ever since. The reason is that nothing is guaranteed unless Hashem guarantees it. We can't succeed without His help, and that's a lesson that we should always keep in mind. Once, an old priest put up his forest for sale, and a Hasid was very interested in buying it. He met with the priest to discuss the details, and then the Jew spoke to his financial advisors. Everyone agreed that this was a deal of a lifetime. The price was extremely low, and he could sell the lumber and earn a beautiful profit. But before finalizing the deal, he wanted a bracha from his rabbi. He wasn't coming for advice. He didn't doubt that he should buy the forest. He just wanted a bracha. But the Rebbe told him that he doesn't think he should buy the forest. The Jew was devastated. How could he turn down such a lucrative investment? In his eyes, it was like throwing away a fortune. He decided that he wouldn't listen to the Rebbe, and he went ahead and bought the forest. The problem was that they discovered that when the workers were cutting some of the trees, the trees were rotting, wormy, and valueless. For the next two years, he was embarrassed to even visit his rabbi, knowing that he foolishly lost so much money because he didn't listen to his wise advice. But one day he told himself, it's bad enough, I already lost my money. Should I lose my rabbi too? And he went to travel to meet him. And immediately upon meeting the rabbi, he said, I know it's my fault. I didn't listen to the Rebbe's Ruach HaKodesh, divine inspiration. The rabbi corrected him. He goes, my advice wasn't from Ruach HaKodesh. It was logical. I saw that you were so certain that you would earn a lot of money from this investment. And this attitude scared me because you forgot that it's impossible to succeed without Hashem's help. When you asked me for my advice, you didn't say Bezrat Hashem once. Therefore, I told you that you shouldn't invest in the forest because an investment without Hashem is doomed to failure. Lastly, I heard a beautiful story from some uh, written in a, in a nice sefer of a young uh, man living in Eretz Israel who earns his Parnassah arranging trips for tourists and visitors to Eretz Israel. And during COVID, when the tourist industries were hit hard, he was struggling to make a living. He had to pay his rent by Rosh Chodesh Av, but he couldn't afford it. So he asked his landlord to extend the deadline by nine days. Tisha Be'av passed, and he was still missing $500 for the rent. Worried, he walked out of his house with a tefillah. He said, I still need another $500 for the rent. Please, please help me. I don't know what else to do. I'm turning to you. You're the only person I can think of. You must help me. He decided to check his mail. He had an intuition that his Yeshua may come from there. And unbelievable, there was a check in the mail for $500. And the letter said, I owe you this money since Tafshin Samech Tet. That is... 12 years ago, 11 years ago, 11, 12 years ago, and now I remembered to pay it back. Shabbat Shalom. The man was shocked. He saw how Hashem listened to Stefilot and helped him during his time of need. A debt from 11 years was paid up so he could pay his rent. I will tell you, salvation often comes in the most unexpected ways. Chachamim tell us, when a person lives with emunan bitachon, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will save him in ways he wouldn't even imagine. Wishing you a Shabbat Shalom Borach.